say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and wow, do we have an amazing show for you today. I am with performance coach extraordinaire Lori Bischoff. Oh, man, zowie. Hello. Yes, this is going to be a fabulous show. She's written this great book right here called Common Sense Happiness, Five Principles for People Who Want to Stop Whining, Complaining, and Suffering. Oh my gosh, it is packed full of goodness. Folks, if you are not taking accountability for your own life, today is the day, right? If you're one of those people who go, you know, I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> Lori is about to change the way you're thinking. If you're one of those people, well, I can't help the way I feel. Uh, Lori's going to help you change the way you're feeling. If you go, yeah, you know, I just don't have time to work out. Lori is going to change the way you feel. Yeah, I don't know how I feel, but Lori is going to take, oh, she is so good. She is smart and brilliant. Her stuff is practical and applicable. And here's the other thing about her. She's one of the sweetest human beings on the planet. I have gotten to know her over the course of time being on her show, and it's just going to be so much fun. But look, before we get to Lori, let's do what we do every week. And you know what that is, right? I walk you through your training during this, whatever we want to call this thing that we're in or have been in for several months, right? Because here's the deal. You know, the truth of the matter is, right, when we're at our worst, Right when you're under stress, when you're exhausted, when you're tired, when you when when you are under pressure, right? You're only as good as your training. Right? That's what that's what all the special operations forces guys I've talked to on the show have, have said to you. You know what? When when you're under when you're under the gun, you're only as good as your training. And you have to train all four areas of your life. You have to be able to train the physical, the mental, the emotional and the spiritual. Right, even during this time, whatever you want to call this time, right? So the question then becomes, how's your training? So I ask you on a scale of one to ten, one being miserable, ten being outstanding. How is your training physically? What do I mean by that? Are you getting enough exercise? How would you rate yourself there? How about eating right? Get, drinking enough water? Getting enough sleep? Right? How would you rate yourself? If you would put all that together. How would you say your training is going right now? Right, on that scale of 1 to 10, 1 miserable, 10 outstanding, 5 being average, right? And then you have to ask yourself a question, why? And then the second question after that is, what am I going to do about that to change that to the next number? Because the whole goal of all these areas is not getting you from a, a 1 to a 10 or a 3 to a 10. It's If you're a 4, I want to get you to a 5 or even a 4.5, right? Because we got to improve our training. Because as we know, right, as we improve our training means that more we can take, right? Which is why we have to do that. Okay, so that's a physical training. Okay, what about your mental training? What do I mean by that? What I mean is what are you actively consuming? What are you actively reading? What are you doing to improve your mind? What are you doing to improve your wisdom? What are you doing to improve how you do what you do? Whatever that may be. Maybe it's your profession. Maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's whatever it is that you do. What are you doing to consume to do things to make yourself better mentally? Right? In a scale 1 to 10, how would you say that training is going? Or are you just letting the TV tell you what to think and what to feel? 
right? You got to be active participant in your own training, right? That's the point. I mean, Lori talks about this in her book, by the way. So on a scale of one to 10, how would you say your training is going mentally? Five being average, right? Okay. Why? And then what are you going to do to change it? Third area, the emotional area, right? How's your emotional training? Well, my emotional training? Jay, what are you talking about emotional training? Well, look, here's the deal. You know what? We're always being attacked emotionally. We always are. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. That's an emotional attack. How well are you handling that? Somebody says something that you don't like. How well are you handling that emotionally? Then there's the other side of it. When people want to express their emotions, how well are you able to identify what those emotions are? How well are you able to empathize with those emotions? See, there's two sides of that emotional piece. One is how well you control your emotions, and then how well do you identify other people's emotions and understand them and listen to them? So how would you say that training's going? And then why, right? Why, and then what are you going to do to change that? Because so much of emotions is being intentional. Just going to be really honest with you. You know what? We can be more intentional about, you know, the guy cuts us off in traffic. You know what? We can really control that. We don't have to react to that. Right? When somebody really wants to be listened to, you know what? We could put aside our own selfishness for a moment and we can listen. It's all intention, right? And then finally, the fourth area, the spiritual area, right? And uh, some of you are going to say, well, I'm not real spiritual. Well, you are. Truth is, you are. If you remove the physical, the mental, the emotional, everything that's left is spiritual. And you go, nah, see, I don't believe it. Well, actually, you do. And I'll tell you why. If you have any plans for the future at all, any plans. Guess what that means? You have faith, which means that you believe in something because you believe that something's going to happen that hasn't happened yet. That's faith. That's spiritual. All right? And, and, and then the second piece of that is, you know, what brings you back to center? What brings you back to calm? Is it meditation? Is it God? Is it nature? What is it that brings you right back to center, that brings you a sense of peace in the midst of chaos? Right, that's the spiritual. And how's it working? How's that spiritual training working for you? And if it's not working, you know, what do you need to, you know, why and when you need to change it? So now you've got four numbers, right? Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, four numbers, right? Think of those as the legs of a chair. If the legs of a chair are uneven, right, and you're sitting in an uneven chair, it's really hard on your posture, isn't it? It's really hard on us when we're not even. And the other thing is if the chair is too low, if those numbers are too low, we can never eat nutritiously at the right size table. And then that makes things difficult as well. So what we want to do is we want to bring the legs up all at the same time in balance and we want to bring them up to the right height. And somebody who is always in balance and who is always at the right height, her name is Lori Bischoff. Let me tell you what, let me tell about her. First of all, I just adore her. Okay, because we have become friends, uh, done each other's show, but she is a perf personal performance coach. And by the way, you can find her at Lori, uh, and that's L-O-R-E-E, -E, Bischoff, B-I-S-C-H-O-F-F.com. By the way, she is a personal performance coach, so she helps you through your habits and your mental diets and things like that. She's also a holistic nutritional coach, and um, by the way, she's got a book out called The Food Print Plan that uh, came out last year. It's The Food Print Plan is not a diet. By the way, it's a blueprint for building a healthy eating lifestyle on a budget. She's also a strategic intervention coach certified by the Robbins Maindanes Training, the foremost life training uh, program in the world, official, the official life coaching training of Tony Robbins. 
And so she is certified there. And then she is author. She is an author. And then she has this great show that I really, 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 really do recommend. And uh, she has, it's a podcast that she does that is absolutely fantastic. And we're talking shift. And it is absolutely fantastic. And she loves talking about shift, how we shift our thinking and shift what we do. And it's absolutely fantastic. And she's written this book. She's a fabulous author. She's a fabulous friend. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show and welcome to A New Direction. Lori Bischoff, Lori, welcome to welcome to the show, dear. Hey, hi Jay. I'm hi. very, very excited to be here, and thank you for that uh, really awesome intro there. Wow, I I didn't know I had so many things going on until you just <laughs> listed them all. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. You do have a lot of things going on, you know. I, I mean, guess the, truth, I do. the truth is, you do, and um, you know, it's. And it's amazing because you are involved in so much stuff and you have been involved. And not only that, you've, you've, you know, of course, you know, your kids are grown and gone, but you were a mom. You did this, you, I don't know, do you still even have the um, clothing company that you had? And the, I mean, you had a clothing company for a while. You had, you were, you're just Uh, little, right? Yeah. For a minute. For a minute. minute. Yeah. I mean, you were this entrepreneur's entrepreneur is what you were and, and still are. And then you moved into this whole thing. And of course you married to Eric Bischoff, who, you know, people know because of, you know, his work in, you know, film and, you know, WWE and all sorts of things. So, I mean, you know, you've got, you've got a whole bunch of things going on, but the truth of the matter is your life, uh, if, if you were to replay it, kind of like I say about my life, I wouldn't have replayed, this was not, this is probably not the plan that was supposed to happen. Because you talk about that you were, you know, one of two children uh, yep. from a lower middle class family. Um, your parents got divorced when you were a teenager. Um, your father had a huge surgery and removed a tumor the size of a lemon, you describe it, from his brain. And then proceeded to drink himself to death um, yep. at an early age. And then you... <laughs> you, you <laughs> It's so funny because when you, you start charting out your life, right, you go, you know, you, you were you were a model when you were five, and then when you got to school, you hated school, you quit school when you were a senior, you got tired of the rigmarole, you ended up getting your GED, you meet the man of your dreams, and you, then you, you you get married, and you have children, and they get grown, and they got gone, and then you're, you know, you're off doing, I mean, your maze is what you call this, you, you say, my life is a maze, and we all live in a maze, do we not, of our own creation? I think so. I think so. That's what got me thinking about that. I, I was thinking that life is really amazing. And mm. then I went, but yeah, and it's really like a maze, you know, we're all just going right and left and over and under and around trying to, trying to get somewhere. Yeah, we, we do try to get somewhere, but I think, you know, you, we're going to, we're going to talk about this. You say, you, you say, you know, an amazing life is pretty personal, is what you say in your introduction. But you, but you make a real point about saying, this is what an amazing life is not. And here's what you said: it's not fame, fortune, or a fancy title. But we do get stuck there, don't we? Thinking of that. Sure. Sure. I mean, the society that we live in dangles a lot of carrots out there. You you can't you can't turn around without having something from your phone or from the TV or the radio or you know it's coming from every direction. 
stuff that um, we're told we need to have or to do or to be in order to have an amazing life. So it's pretty easy for us all to be programmed into thinking that, oh, if I could get that, you know, that job or that person or that that thing, that house, that whatever it is, then then I'll be happy and I'm going to have an amazing life. And, you know, we know that's we know that's BS. Uh, there's a lot of people that have all of those things and they're right. miserable. So if that's not it, then then what is it? That led you to a series of books by Catherine Ponder. Where mm. you, um, you, you, matter of fact, you, you read all of her books. You said some of them twice, if not more. And they kind of jogged something in your brain. And, you, and the word was freedom. And that really, and you capitalized it in your book, was the word freedom. Talk about that freedom that you experienced that you want everyone else to experience. Yeah, well, first, Catherine Ponder was one of the first authors of New Thought Spirituality that I started reading, um, thanks to my mom, when I was, I don't know, 18, maybe, 19. And um, she was like one of the earliest um unity ministers. And so that really was my beginning path to um, spirituality. And, um, you know, the more I thought about, the more I thought about the things I was writing about in the book and happiness and uh, what that means to everyone, really what it boils down to is we're, we all want to have some sense of freedom. We want to have the freedom to make choices. And that really, to me, is is the biggest thing. If you, as long as you have the freedom to make choices, to make the wrong choices, to make great choices, to make, you know, whatever, uncertain choices, but that freedom to make choices, to me, that is the greatest sense of happiness, to fail or succeed of my own volition you know, because of the choices that I made. And so it's really about, to me, taking ownership and full responsibility of, mm. you know, how happy or not happy you are. But once you realize that there are certain choices that we can all make, even if you can't control a lot of outer circumstances, you can still make choices about what they're going to mean to you and, and how you're going to feel about them, how you're going to think about them. And that's freedom. And that makes me personally feel pretty happy uh her name's uh laurie bischoff the book is entitled common sense happiness and um it's by the way it's 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 a very quick but really powerful uh packed read so you divide this book up into five principles all right mm -hmm. and and i which i found great and then under each principle you had thoughts that connected to each principle so let's let's just dive into principle one happy I love I love your titles by the way. Principle one: happy to be or not to be. I love that. So um, uh, let's do thought one. Let's just cut to the chase. I want to be happy, is what you came. So let's talk about it. it because you say it can be tricky figuring out the difference between enjoying something or someone and expecting it to be consistently providing you with happiness and fulfillment from something or from someone. So we often try to find this happiness, peace, fulfillment, relief, ease, or freedom from suffering in a source outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then you make the point of saying, but you cannot heal an internal condition or conflict 
or fill a void with an external Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I mean, that's pretty much, you just nailed it. I mean, any time that you try to depend on an event, um, a career, money, a person, which is, you know, all of those things are so common um, to to make you feel whole. You know, there was that um, there was that famous line in was it Jerry Maguire where they they're watching the couple in the in the elevator or something, and the one says to the other, um, "You complete me." Mm. And uh, you know, I can't tell you how many people, how many clients and people after that came out were like, "Oh, you know, I found my soulmate. You complete me." <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself. That's a, very romantic and, and delightful. However, if you feel like you're incomplete or less whole or that you are not going to be able to be fulfilled until you have that person or one of those other external things or events, then you know you will forever be suffering in some way because nobody else can really feel that for you. Mm-hmm. And and what if somebody does? What if uh, what if you f- find your soulmate and you feel completed and then something happens and they're no longer there. Mm. Yeah. Because the problem, the problem is whenever we are continually looking for sources that, and by the way, we do this naturally, right? I mean, we, because you talk about that, you give some list of some of the band-aids you say it comes in many forms, food, alcohol, drugs, uh, constant compromise, which I thought was really interesting. Procrastination, distractions, um, stuff, sex, you know, uh, you, you know, giving up too easily. They can all be, they can all be a form of a bandaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, why, why lean into band-aids when you can just go ahead and make the choice to do some internal work, to figure out how you work, to figure out what fulfills you internally. That way, no matter what is happening around you, what you have or don't have, who you have or don't have, you're not rocked. You're not crushed. You're not crumbled and feeling less than whole because you've got this, the internal strength. You've got your own personal constitution going on. You know yourself so well that you can you can stand up and be well you know it might be a little wobbly but i'm still okay i'm going to be okay so right. you really have to do the internal work and uh and then you know you bring that to the dance with you then you don't go to the dance looking for something to fill you up you you bring your wholeness with you and you show up with it you know what i found one of the quotes that you make and it's under um thought for you complete me which we're kind of talking about here is you say it requires, and you're just talking about it right now, it requires self-examination to learn what motivates us to think and behave the way we do. And you ask a couple of questions here. What exactly are you trying to accomplish? Are the methods you're using working for you? And then I love this. I love this statement. This is so you like punch you right in the mouth is if you don't know, how on earth is someone else supposed to figure it out? True, right? I mean, it's so true. <laughs> it's it's so tr- it's because, but we don't we don't do the self examination to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why? What am I trying to really accomplish here? What is it that really motivates me? What do I really care about? What do I want to be? And then we expect someone by bringing someone else into our lives, right? We we start going, oh well, that person com- is going to complete or is the is the piece to that puzzle. 
but you, you're you're so right. If you don't know, why would you think someone else could figure that out for you? Right. And, and then it becomes a guessing game, right. you know, between between partners. So, uh, you know, everything's everything's, you know, fun and great in the beginning when, you know, no one's looking at uh, what they're missing. They're only looking at, oh, how how fun and great this is and right. how you're making me feel. Right. But as time goes on <clears throat> and uh, you start looking at other things, right. <laughs> you know, and you're looking and you're wondering why things are getting a little rocky or why I'm not feeling so happy. Um, why are you not making me feel better? Why are you making me feel miserable in some way, shape or form? Right. Why are you making me suffer? And, and so the other person you know, may try to be like, okay, let me try to figure this woman out or let me try to figure this guy out and try to make him happy. Well, you're just throwing darts in the dark if they haven't figured themselves out and they can't help you. This is what I need. If you don't understand your needs and you don't understand the vehicles that you're using to fulfill your needs, because because we're all doing it. We all have the same basic six human psychological needs. Everybody does. And we're all fulfilling them to some degree. Um, it's just a question of are you using positive vehicles or negative vehicles? Mm. And I think, you know, if, if a person takes the time to, to understand that, learn about that so that you know what makes you tick, you know what your needs are and your desires. And then you care enough about, if we're talking about relationships, you care enough about your partner to understand them and theirs. And then you, you know, help fulfill each other's in a very, you know, harmonious, loving, um, being of service kind of way. And, And that's bringing your wholeness to the dance. Her name is Lori Bischoff. The book is entitled uh, Common Sense Happiness, and she is joining us here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, you know what? I've got two great sponsors here on New Direction, right? Epic Physical Therapy is absolutely fantastic, and it doesn't matter if you're recovering from an injury or surgery, whether you're suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're having difficulty performing activities of daily living, maybe you're an athlete at the professional level, and you're just looking to improve or get a little better, guess what? The elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored to your individual needs. Speaking of needs, how about that? With their experience <laughs> in rehabbing young athletes to elite professionals, they they don't just treat your symptoms or your injury, right? I mean, they treat the entire, your whole body as a functional whole. So when you're ready for epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, you can learn more by going to Epic Physical Therapy. That's epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? They've been helping people around the world for 35 years, and they are still at the top of their game. Yeah. How do they do that? Well, I'll tell you how, because Linda started her company by developing one relationship at a time. And then taking care of those relationships and then maintaining those relationships, right? Finding out what, oh, I guess something that Lori said, what they need, <laughs> right? Because once they find out what they need, right, you supply it to them. Well, that's what Linda started to do 35 years ago. That's what her team does today. And because they've created those relationships, it's the reason why their clients say that, you know what, when it comes to Linda Craft and Team Realtors, they truly are the legends of customer service. So when you're ready to sell your home or when you're ready to buy your next home, you know what, start with the folks at Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You you will not be disappointed. You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com.
And we're back here on A New Direction with Lori Bischoff and her book, Common Sense, Happiness. And uh, we're talking about relationships uh, and, you know, taking responsibility for how, what we feel, how we feel, what we think, you know, uh, you know, basically, you know, not passing the buck. I think one of the things, you don't say it that way, but, you know, we get in the habit it can be very easy, you say, to get into the habit of constantly handing over the care and nourishment of our emotional well-being to others. And I thought that was interesting that you said that that's a habit. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, depending on the influences and the training you had when you were growing up, I think um, <clears throat> it's very easy for us to think that or become conditioned uh, to believe that other people are making us feel a certain way. You know, oh, that person made me feel really good. Oh, that person just made me feel really angry. That person really frustrates me. That person stresses me out. It, we get into a, we, we get an attitude that is, um, you know, just reeking of however I feel, it's your fault. <laughs> Unless it's good. <laughs> you know, then, well, it might be your fault, but that's okay. Or, you know, I did that myself. But if it's if it's bad, you know, it's somebody else's fault. Uh, you know, the common ones. Yeah, somebody, you know, a terrible driver, road rage, you're on the road. And everybody's had that experience where somebody makes a move that that makes you really angry. But you can totally... You, you don't have to be angry about it. No. You just, you just get in that, you're just in the habit right. of taking everything personally, making it about you, and then deciding how you're going to feel about it. It happens so fast, you don't realize there's a whole process that just went on in your head, a, a whole decision-making process, because, because it's your attitude has become a habit. So yeah, I call it a, a bad habitude. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about that because that's later on. That's later on down in, in okay. one of the principles. Because I want to talk about habitude because I loved habitude. Um, I really did because I had I had never ever seen. I thought, oh, she made up a cute little word. And then I come to find out, oh, no, it's not a cute little word that Lori made yeah. up. It was actually a real word. It's in the dictionary. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun for me. To Thought number six, uh, which I fell in love with, was called stop. And do do I, I I know you probably don't have your book in front of you, um, and I don't expect you to memorize these. <laughs> I really don't. Thank, thank so, God. Yes, yeah, so I don't really expect you to memorize these. But so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read these off, and then I want you okay. to go ahead and if you want to add something, I want you to punch it. All right. Okay. Let, let's do that. Okay. So stop. Stop resisting things and people we can't change. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> okay. Stop pursuing things and people that are not in our best interest. That's a hard one for a lot of people, right? We get our, we get our fingers wrapped around something because we've decided that's best for us. That we want it. We got to have it. Even when it's not in our best interest, you got to stop, loosen the grip. Okay. Stop wasting good energy by thinking painful and frustrating thoughts about all of it. Yeah. And that's the big one because people tend to ruminate and they can't figure out then why they are miserable or sad. And it's because of the thoughts you're dwelling on. And, you know, if you think about it, dwelling is a place that you live. Right. 
And so if you're living mm, in good. thoughts that are un, you know, that are frustrating or making you unhappy or feeling depressed, anything other than good, if that's what you're dwelling on, that means you're living in that space. Mm. And then your emotions are going to be generated the right, the ones that correspond with what you're thinking. Right. So if you don't want to feel like crap, then you need to stop dwelling on things that make you feel like crap. Crappy. <laughs> okay. It's it's not rocket science, no, right? I, I know. No, you 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 know what? You make the point that I I that you know. Listen, we're we're talking common sense, but sometimes we got to be hitting. The, sometimes we you talk about this complicating things. Sometimes we do complicate things too much. But the truth of the matter is, it's it should be simple. I mean, we're talking about doing simple things that can make a big impact on your life. That's I think that's what the whole book is about. Yeah. From the very beginning is what you're what you're asking people to do here is you're not asking them to climb a telephone pole or you know you know you know swim the English Channel. Right. Right. You you don't have to go live in an ashram in India, no. you know, and, and, and become a, a monk or anything. Uh, those are probably wonderful things. I'd like to try it sometime, <laughs> but those are not required. <laughs> They're not requirements for, you know, finding your version of happiness. Right. You can do it right in the comfort of your own home, right. believe yeah. it or not. Right, right. And it doesn't have to be expensive because you don't, you actually don't have to go see someone Mm-mm. To get this, that, which is the beautiful part of this. All right, so let's move on to the stops. Stop judging. Yeah, when you when you are judging people, when you have resentment, judgment, envy, you have just put yourself in a very disempowering position. Mm. Because if you are sending energy and uh, resources, which is you know, which is your energy, your focus, your thoughts, if you're sending those resources toward negativity about someone else, then you are not, first of all, you're not minding your business. And I think that there are way too many people minding way too many other people's business. You should be spending those resources, the ones that we all have, focusing on your own well-being, your own, you know, evolution, your own mindset, your own mental diet and feeding that. Otherwise, if all your resources are going out there to judgment and resentment, um, you you have you're not you're not standing in your own power. You're just mm-hmm. it's gone. It's over there. Mm-hmm. It's directed on something that cannot possibly help you in any way, shape, or form in your life. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, next stop. Stop criticizing. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, you know, again, and that's just, again, that's a habit, you know, it's, it's easy for us um, to, to look at other people and um, become critical. And, you know, because we like to level the playing field, we don't, you know, so many people feel like if somebody else appears to somehow be doing something better, or that they wish they had, or they have something that they don't have, rather than, cheering them on and saying, wow, if they can do it, maybe I can do that too. Maybe I can achieve that too. Rather than doing that, people have a tendency to just be critical instead. So I think it, again, it's a, it's a mindset shift. Turn it around and look at what are some ideas? What can I think about? What are, 
I mean, talking about and thinking about ideas and possibilities is so much more fun than looking over there at that person or that thing and judging and criticizing and putting them down. And that's just a bad habit. And so it's, I think it's a, it's a conscious or subconscious, depending on the person way of make, when you feel down here, you want to, you want to go like this. And so you get to kind of stamp the other person down a little bit to, in your mind, bring them down to your level, but you know, that's not what's really happening. Okay. Last stop. Stop thinking, by the way, I got to finish because there's a second little sense. Stop thinking we know what everyone else should be doing with their lives, period. And then you have, that's just arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it though? It, Isn't it, Jay? It is. It is. It's so stinking arrogant, right? That we think we, we know what everyone else should be doing with their life, right? Meanwhile, our life is in turmoil. <laughs> I just found that I found that funny because it's really, really, it is true. And I yeah. think, I think it goes back to, you know, wanting to put people in their place because that leads us into thought number seven, which I loved, which is get a grip on your fears. And mm-hmm. you come right out and you say, we have this love hate thing with fear. Talk about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it is kind of, fear is a weird thing. It's, it's, it's a tricky mistress, that fear. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, everyone experiences it in some way to some degree. It's just, you know, depending on the person. Um, But, but I think that, I think that learning, um, learning to use fear as a tool um, rather than letting it use you mm. is just a nice little um, switch to try to, you know, get your brain to switch over to that when there's something that right. that makes you fearful, you know, our first thing, because I mean, we're human beings, right? We we naturally seek to avoid pain and find pleasure. So anything that we in our minds have decided is something to be afraid of. Well, that equals pain, right? And right. we don't want that. We we naturally want to go toward pleasure and avoid that. Um, so it, it, that's kind of the, I guess that's the that's the hate part. But if you if you understand that fear is there to can be a tool and be there to guide you and teach you, um, then you can kind of flip the script a little bit and when you feel that sense of fear welling up in you about something, that is the time for you to sit and ask yourself some quality questions. Why might I be fearing this? Mm. And, uh, you know, what, why am I feeling these, these crazy feelings that I'm, that I'm uncomfortable with? We don't like discomfort. We want comfort. And so all of the emotions that fear generates are something that we just would like to stamp out in any way that we can. We want to avoid that. But I think that I think that we need to have a relationship with fear that um, turns it into a tool that we use to talk to ourselves, go inside, figure out why, and figure out how we can use that to, you know, move forward in a way that we can feel good about. And maybe it's a challenge and maybe it's something you just, it's scary, but you're going to do it anyway. It's mm-hmm. fearful, but you know, if I do this, somehow I'm going to come out better on the other side. 
Yeah, I think I think what happens, and by the way, this is really really good. By we're talking with Laurie Bischoff, uh, performance coach extraordinaire. Uh, Common sense happiness is the book. Um, you, by the way, purchase it. Uh, seriously, you, you get it. It's really easy to get. It's be a great read, and it's it's really really good. Um, you know, I think what happens, and and what I really love about what you do is, you know, we need to ask ourselves more questions. You know, especially when it's surrounding fear. I think sometimes we get so afraid we don't ask ourselves the questions of why. We just get so caught up into the fear. By the way, I think this is true of you know every nearly every point that you make in here and you do a great job of, you know, telling people to there's certain questions you should be asking along the way. I think that's part of what you like to talk about going deeper because we need to ask ourselves, you know, why am I feeling this? You know, is this real? Mm-hmm. Is this a it you know, why why does this is this fear is this fear really legitimate or not legitimate? Right? And and you know, you talk about in here in, in this particular thought, you talk about practicing managing your emotions, right? And and practicing managing your thoughts and practicing managing your thoughts by specifically directing them to the facts and the task at hand. And and then asking yourselves those questions. And I think it's that's a really practical thing that maybe we need to use fear as a trigger. And and you know, you talk about habit formation in your book. But we need to use maybe fear as a trigger to start a new habit of going, every time I feel it, I need to start asking questions. I don't need to re- react to it. I need to ask questions. Right. Yeah. We need to ask ourselves questions because a lot of times, you know, we're, we have no problem asking uh, other people questions, asking our, you know, our siblings or mm-hmm. our partners or whatever, our kids Um we usually don't have any problem asking them questions about what's going on. What are you feeling? Do you want to talk? Right. But, but, but asking ourselves some really deep questions, um, that's a habit that a lot of us weren't taught. Mm. We just haven't, it hasn't occurred to us to go in and do like this kind of emotional archeological dig and start going, why, why do I have these thoughts? Why do I have these feelings? Why do I have these beliefs? I mean, so many of us have beliefs that were instilled in mm-hmm. us at a very young age, and then we never outgrew them. We never questioned them. We, I mean, some of them might be great, but then some of them might be absolutely sabotaging beliefs. And if we don't sit down and have a, a deep conversation with ourselves and ask ourselves, what are they, and get familiar with them, um, you know, how do you, people can't figure out sometimes why they can't change their, their, their habits and they can't change, um, they can't like stick to a diet or they can't, you know, get, they can never f- get to that goal. But s- sometimes we just haven't gone back far enough to the source of things and the source of things when you're trying to make changes in your life, you got to get in there at the source and get into those beliefs and the meaning that you are applying to everything. Mm. Because if those things don't change and you're trying to make something else change, usually you, you can't make a, you can't make a lasting change. It's easy for people to like New Year's resolutions. You know, people make New Year's resolutions every year and over 70% of those people have gone back to their usual mode of operation within two weeks or three weeks because they haven't done, they haven't gone to the source and, and shifted the internal beliefs and values 
and the meaning of things. You know what? That's really, really good because we, we try to, we try to fix things on the surface, don't we? So frequently and we are, get a little uncomfortable the deeper we go. You know, I, I, you know, as a psychological professional, I get frequently asked questions like, why do I have to go back to my childhood? Because quite frankly, that's probably where the root of the problem is. And, and whether it's forgiving somebody else or forgiving yourself or, you know, taking a look at it for what it was and stop denying how that triggers you, right? I mean, once you get past that, because that's really the root of the issue. Yeah. Right? And and I think we we'd so frequently just want to go, we want, we want to sometimes go to a counselor or a coach or people want to go, and they just want you to fix it. But they don't understand that for me to fix or for you to fix something we may have to go pretty deep and we may have to look at some pretty ugly stuff, you know, along the way mm-hmm. because we can't, we can't fix it. We can't, because we can't fix it if we don't. Mm-mm. You know? Again, it's, it's like trying to put a bandaid on the Titanic. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are so good. Her name is Lori Bischoff. And the book is entitled Common Sense Happiness, and you're listening to her here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, my sponsors, uh, Epic Physical Therapy and Linda Crafted Team Realtors. Look, they are fantastic. Look, Epic Physical Therapy are my therapists. They offer the most advanced, top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill. Takes all the pressure off your joints. It's absolutely fantastic. There's the Normatech compression sleeves that <laughs> make you feel like, oh, my joints are back there again. <laughs> I can actually move. And then there's the game ready. You know, I talk about that all the time, man. Frozen cold water and compression all at the same time to take the swelling out. It's fantastic. Look, they are trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available. Things like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, which is fantastic, and cupping. You know, the, the circles that you see on the back of the swimmer's back? Well, that's that's a suction cup, basically, that's manipulating the muscle through the skin. Man, it's fantastic. Look, so when you're ready for epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, don't look any further. Start with the folks at Epic Physical Therapy. You can learn more by going to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? No matter where we're at in the world, guess what? Even though they're located in the Research Triangle Park of North Carolina, you know what? They help people all over the world. Right. How do they do that? Well, they're not affiliated with any national company. They are their own independent company, and they made relationships around the world with the best professionals that are out there. That's how they did it, right? Because Linda was about making relationships, and not only just making the relationships, but maintaining the relationships. Do you know that her first customer back in 1985 still comes to see her today? (laughs) Yeah, that's really true, right? Why? It's because she put a priority on a customer service, not just a customer service, but a customer relationship because she understood that, you know what, more than the price of your home, it was the memories in the home that really, really were the things that we were going to remember at the end of the day. So, you know what, when you're ready to sell your home, buy your home, look for your next home, why not start with the folks at Linda Craft and Team Realtors? You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot and we're back here with uh, Lori Bischoff on A New Direction and uh, her book, Common Sense Happiness. And uh, we're talking about a lot of common sense that really makes a big difference is really what we're doing here. Um, thought eight. 
and then I'm going to try to get out of the first principle because we can't even get out of the first principle. But the, I was going to say thought eight. What? There's like 50 of them in the book, right? <laughs> there, there is, Lori. There is like 50 of them. Uh, thought eight, accept where you are. Sometimes we don't want to accept where we are. What? Yeah, and that's that's called resistance, right? Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, well, you you make a point though. You say things only suck when you decide they suck and then wallow in it. <laughs> that's literally what I'm quoting you. Yeah, it sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, right. You're accepting where you are because we have a tendency to resist. Yeah. Resist resist that piece. Right. And I, I think the the thing that I like to make sure that people understand by accepting where you are, it doesn't mean that you that you accept it like now I'm just this is all there is. I right. should just accept this and tolerate this. What what that means is by by your willingness to release your resistance to where you're at. So, you know, you're, you're in a particular situation or a relationship and you want to, you want to things to change. You want to move out of it, out of the situation. The, the more that you struggle with that, the more of that kind of constricting energy you create. And it just, it makes it almost harder to make a move. So when you right. relax and you stop resisting it, and you breathe, then you give yourself the opportunity to then think more clearly about the next steps you can take to make the changes. But it's hard to make um, it's hard to make meaningful, effective changes when you are in a state of angst and resistance. So if you just kind of relax, it's kind of like uh, I can never remember the name of them. Those little um, like are they little Chinese? toys those things you put your finger in each end and oh, if you keep the, pulling yeah what is it the the, the uh, yeah it's a it's a finger lock yeah. right yeah. We, you, right right so the more you pull apart the more the the more it grips right. and you can't right. get away from it right, right. it's it's kind of like that but if you just relax and then gently you can remove it and right. and then you're free of it so it's sort of that concept um, if you just relax and and just think through things carefully and stop the resistance and the angst and the negativity, then it's easier to find your way out. Mm. Uh, Lori Bischoff's with us, uh, coach, performance coach Lori Bischoff, and uh, Common Sense Happiness is her book. Let's let's finally move on to principle two because I could stay in principle one all day. Um, principle two: Hold your power is the name of principle two. Thought one. Mm. <laughs> oh, uh, thought one. I love thought one. <laughs> But you made me feel, mm. Mm, right? right. Oh, God, yep. we get that one. How many often do we get that? But you made me feel. You, they made me feel. Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with holding your power? Because yeah. when we say that, when we say that, when we say that, right? What are we really saying when we say, "But you made me feel"? No, now you're saying I'm a, just a puppet on a string mm. and whoever has got the, who, whoever is the puppet master is making me, making me dance the way they want. Uh, I don't have any control over it. So now you are a victim mm. and there is no more disempowering mindset to be in on the planet than victimhood. 
Mm. You're in victim mode. It's going to, it's going to make it very difficult for you to ever feel like you have control over your life and your choices Mm. because you have, you have taken on the role of I'm a victim. That means other people are managing the way I feel because Mm you know, they're doing things to me, they're making me feel certain ways. And, you know, that doesn't mean that sometimes people aren't victimized. But that is not the same. You could say, well, I was victimized, maybe you were mugged, you know, maybe you were robbed, maybe something terrible happened to you, right? Certainly, I don't want to minimize that it happens all the time. And that's terrible. But, but the, the truth is, you were victimized. So somebody else was doing you wrong. Mm. Mm. But you don't have to wear the victim hat because now, you know, you know, Jay, the two of the most powerful words in the world are I am Mm. followed by whatever. Mm. So if if you are affirming I am a victim, then forever that is what you will be because you will pull to you the people and opportunities and circumstances that keep putting you in a position of being somebody's victim. Right. right. So, so that's what I mean by, by hold your power and not giving somebody else the keys to your emotional kingdom. Mm. You don't have to do that. You can, you can hold them tightly and, um, and learn because it is a practice. There is a way to learn how to manage your own emotions. It doesn't mean you don't feel emotions. It doesn't mean you don't feel bad ones. That would be ridiculous. We're human. We, right. we are going to run the gamut of emotions, but you can learn ways to manage them within a overall state of happiness so that you are not, you know, um, easily victimized or falling prey to somebody else's bad behavior and, and feeling bad. You don't have to do that. Mm. It's a choice. You, you, you know, it's really interesting that you say that because the story that you utilize in this in this particular thought was when you were a little girl and you were looking at yourself in the mirror and you were and you liked what you saw. Mm-hmm. And your dad came, your dad comes by, right? Well, tell the story. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just a fleeting memory, but I don't know, I must have been maybe four or five And I do just have this brief memory of sitting there uh, looking at myself in the mirror and just like getting to know who this person was staring back at me. And I remember feeling good about that. I remember liking my my image. You know, I, I liked the person that I was seeing. That's all I remember. I just remember I felt good about it. And. And uh, my dad strolled through the room and, and he, he muttered something like, you know, what are you staring at or what are you looking at? Um, but he, the tone about it made me, made me feel like, oh, that I'm not supposed to be doing this. Mm. So I automatically got, you know, an association of feeling good about yourself, liking yourself is maybe I'm not supposed to be focused on that. Mm. So, you know, that didn't, all of those words didn't go through my four or five-year-old brain, but that was the feeling, right? And I think that, I think that that's what happens with, with us so often when we're kids, if, you know, we, we come out of the womb 
only knowing really, you know, our natural, um, our natural instinct is to just be good and to, to like ourselves and to like everyone else. All, all the other stuff is taught. It's all learned behavior. And so I think when those things like you should like yourself, you should love yourself because, because that makes us happy. When we love ourselves, we are much happier beings and happy people have no interest in putting other people in pain. So if we were, if we all had parents that were wise, they're not, they're just people too. But if we did, and they could start nurturing that in us when we were little, I think that we would have so many less psychological problems and, you know, and, and harm happening in the world. But, but yeah, so that was something that um, I just, it was just a little moment in time that stuck out in my mind. And really what it, I think, um, I think the biggest thing that I got out of it as I became an adult um, and thinking back about my dad was it just gave me a greater understanding about him and where his head was at. Mm. Mm. That's great. I, 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 I just found the story fascinating because it fits so well into this idea of, you know, sometimes we have to go back deeper to see some of those things that we have to undo that can affect sometimes why we don't, why we can become a victim because you could very easily become a victim, right? If you go, Oh, well, it's wrong for me to to admire what I look like in the mirror. Right. And instead of having a good self image about yourself, right, you had to untangle that, which I think is, is, is really, really cool. Principle number three, uh, is entitled make shift happen. And, um, you tell the story about you love being out in Cody, Wyoming, where you and Eric live, and you love looking at the wildlife. And often what you like looking at is the deer that come in. And sometimes you're out there looking, 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 and then you look straight down and they're right there, right next to you. And you make the statement says often we're looking for what we're looking for is so much closer than we realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a fun, um, just, insight, personal insight that I had. And I thought it was a great metaphor because, yeah, I think uh, it kind of goes back to, you know, what we started out talking about, which is looking for something fun and fulfilling or to fill you up or, you know, uh, whatever that you think is going to somehow enhance your life. And you're, it's, it's, it's either a goal that's way out there, or it's, it's something that's out there outside of your grasp. And, and that metaphor was really about, the fact that it doesn't have to be if if you if you really are searching for fulfillment and to create your own state your own version of happiness it's a lot closer than you think you just are you've just got your your you have to refocus you have to change your perspective Mm. love that principle four change your chain and uh, this became out of a metaphor for you. You had this pretty necklace that Eric bought you and the chain, would, like like yeah. most of our chains do, right? The class starts to get, you know, somehow yeah. gets around there and, you know, interfered with the beautiful pendant. And that became a metaphor for you of you got to change your chain. Talk about what you're talking about when you mean chains, chains. And <laughs> I'm going to get tongue tied saying this. What you mean by chains 
and why you have to change your chains. Change okay. your chains. Let's say it four times fast. No, 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 I already, I already know. I'm going to bite my tongue before I get to the, <laughs> to the second one. Yeah. And actually it's the, uh, it's the little pendant that I'm wearing on the, on the book cover. Um, but yeah, it was, it was driving me nuts. It just kept getting tangled and twisted and it just, I wanted to just put it away. Um, and, uh, I, I was like, you know, why don't I, why don't, why did it take me so long to figure out I should just go buy a different chain? That was a that was a that was a simple solution. So I pulled that thing out, dusted it off, took it to a jeweler, and said, "Here's my problem. I need a new chain. Here's why. Get me something that isn't going to cause me this grief." So anyway, the but the point of that metaphor is um, changing your chain refers to disengaging, cutting ties with something that's weighing you down, something you've tethered yourself to mm. that is keeping you from doing or being or having whatever it is you're trying to do or be or have. A lot of times, you know, we get very focused on adding to, oh, if I, you know, if I take this masterclass, if I do this course, if I, you know, do this training, if I get, you know, add, 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 then, then I'm going to have, um, you know, what I'm looking for, or I'm going to get to the next level. But uh, a lot of times we um, forget that there might be some things that we just need to let go of mm -hmm. and just free ourselves from that are kind of keeping us, holding us back or keeping us from having success at adding those other things and hanging on to them. So, so I just think it's important sometimes, you know, if we're talking about relationships, it's, it's people, not all, not everybody's a lifetime assignment. You know, sometimes <laughs> there are people in your life. <laughs> sometimes you just got to cut them loose, you know, got to know when to say when right. um, I don't encourage that, but there are, there are situations, as we all know, where that should be encouraged because it's not healthy for anybody. And sometimes it's downright unsafe. So you've got to be able to right. cut the ties. You've got to disengage. You've got to change your chain. And this comes and this comes in what comes into play here in this particular principle is that sometimes a bad habitude is part of that chain. Absolutely. I mean again, now we're back to mindset. So what your, your habitude is your habitual, the habitual attitude that you have about, about life, about, you know, behavior, about things in your life or people in your life. And it's, uh, I'm sure you've heard it too, a million times, you know, well, that's just the way I am. That's just my right. nature. That's just my personality. That's my character. Mm, I don't know. Most of it I'm going to call BS. Right. Go, no, that's that's just your 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 habitual that's your habitude, right. dude. That's that's your bad habitual patterned way of thinking about things. Mm. So I just I think that usually I mean we all have certain inherencies and characteristics right. and aspects of our personalities for sure. Right. But if but but when you are going to use conflate the two. I think you've got to be able to see really what's just the, what's your personality and what's your nature and what are you, what are you using right. um, to, you know, to say, to take yourself off the hook? Well, I, right. I am not responsible for that. It's just how I was born. Right. Mm, mm. I don't know. 
I think you could probably, well, if you really you, wanted to change some things, you probably could. You, absolutely. You know, listen, I'm, I, having taught psychology for more than 25 years and uh, at different levels and being a psychological professional myself, the biggest disappointment is that people blame their personality for things that they can control. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because people want to believe that when the reason why they do certain things or say certain things or do things in a certain way is because I'm born this way. Yeah. It's in my genes. It's yeah, genetic. It, it's not. It's let me, let no. me, let me reassure the listeners all over the world. All right. Who are listening to this show right now. It's not your personality. You actually had a series of choices and decisions that started to create a habitude that created that. Okay. So I'm just verifying everything that Lori's saying because it's really, really true. Uh, because we do, we, we want to blame, we want to blame because if we can blame something that I can't control, then I get to continue to do it. Yeah. And you don't have to, it absolves you of responsibility. Um, don't you love that? Not my fault. That's just the way it is. Um, so you don't have to take responsibility for your own um, actions and behaviors and sad. attitudes. Sad. Really sad. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, done our hour, which has gone by really quickly, even even with some of the glitches that we had going on. Uh, yeah. We've done an hour. You've been great. And we never did get to principle five, which is romance your life, which is awesome. But um, you're gonna have to drag me back on. We may Jay. have to. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. gonna have to do that. I think we're gonna have so to drag. So much you, more. Yeah, there's so much more to talk. And we only got through, you know, like maybe eight of fifty thousand thoughts that you have in this book. Uh, <laughs> so, all crammed into a little book. All crammed into a little book, but it's awesome, and it really was. It was a great reminder for me uh, personally, uh, just to go. You know what? You know, you got choices to make. So the show's called A New Direction because we try to help people find a new direction in their life and their career, their business, or somewhere all to, you know, leadership, success. If you could, if Lori Bischoff, author of Common Sense Happiness, could leave the listener with a new direction, what would that be? Mm, good one. Um, I would say, if I have to pick only one, um, I would say start treating your life like you are dating it. It's a little snippet from principle five, but mm. that's, that's a really, um, it's a mindset shift as well. If you start treating your life, like, like you would treat somebody you really wanted to impress a lot, you'd be amazed at how you could turn some things around. There's a lot of choices there that people leave laying on the table. Um, just, you don't have to just, you know, pick up the torch, mm. go. Her name is Lori Bischoff, and you can find her at lauribischoff.com, L-O-R-E-E-B-I-S-C-H-O-F-F.com. She also has an amazing, you can go there and find her podcast. By the way, I highly recommend it. It's it's fantastic. And and by the way, you know what? Uh, everything that she has, matter of fact, her coaching program, She there's also in the book, she has sheets that you can fill out to ask you those important questions that we were talking about early on. So get those get those free resources as well. I will have those on the blog post that is co- as accompanies the um, the audio and the podcast. So make sure that you download that because you'll be able to click from there. Folks, you know what I say to you every week, right? And that's this, right? Be inspired because when you're inspired, that means that you will inspire others. And when they're inspired, that means that they can inspire other people as well. And that can make this world a magical place. I'm going to be back next week with another great guest, another great show, another great book. And I say, say to you every week. Ciao, everybody. To go a different way.
confidence And the answers don't make sense You got to keep your hope alive You got to know you can survive This is your time to fly A new direction, a brand new day A new direction, things are gonna change You can find the strength to go a different way, yeah The time has come, your dreams will take 